back to Cover Stories B-Sides. Uh, today, we have uh, a special guest, uh, Regina Morales, a.k.a. Hello Reg, a uh, local San Antonio artist. And she will be talking about Frankie Rose's cover of The Strokes' Soma. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Doing all right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, of course. This is my first podcast that I've been on. Um, so I'm excited, nervous, and looking forward to this conversation yeah definitely I'm, we're glad you have you on i mean i've been a fan of your work forever it's been so cool to see and one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is because i feel like you are a part of the, not just the art scene but the music scene i mean you do it just hard to it's hard not to see like flyers done by you or, or you know promotional things done by you it's it's yeah. really cool to, to have you on thank you thank you yeah i try to lay like low behind scenes doing stuff like that so um but yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here, awesome. and I appreciate you guys having me on here. Yeah, definitely. So why this song? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It just sounds so good. I mean, I love the Strokes to begin with, and um, Frankie Rose. She's got a great voice, and um, when I heard that cover song, it's just it's like I don't know. I felt things. <laughs> 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 it just hits it hits a certain spot in my heart. And um, it just sounds so dreamy and makes me reflect. And um, I don't know, it's just so good. I don't know how to explain it, but um, but yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, I, I really like it. It's funny because um, we were talking about this just a little before we started recording, and I am I like the Vivian Girls a lot. I like the Dum Dum Girls a lot. I've yeah. seen them both live, and I I love just the whole vibe, the, the like bedroom pop. Yes. You know, with a little bit of lo-fi punk aspect yeah. to it. I had no idea who Frankie Rose was until you mentioned her. And I, I feel really bad. Like, I feel like you've kind of opened up a, a whole, like, new line of, of music. And, and, yeah, all of her stuff's very similar to that. And it is very dreamy. And there's a lot of, like, 80s influence. But also you can hear, like, the bohemian influence, the hipster sound yeah. of the indie rock of the, like, yeah. late 2000s. No, yeah. Um, I definitely followed her from the Dum Dum Girls. And then it was like 2012, she dropped that Interstellar album, and um, which was all good. My favorite song on there is Night Swim. But again, yeah, it's all like that dreamy pop type of vibe. And um, she carries that over to covering Soma. And I was just like, I don't know, it was just perfect. It just really takes me to a place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Soma itself is like a muscle relaxer. And yeah. <laughs> the song is like a reference to Brave New World with the fictional drug in there. Yeah, I read that. Um, I thought that was interesting. I mean, I didn't read Brave New World, but I mean, it has that like utopia um, world where they have to like take something and just kind of like fall in line type of deal. Um, but no, I was reading about that and I was just like, wow, I never really made the connection to that. Um, but I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, I, I was supposed to read Brave New World. I didn't <laughs> actually read it, but I, I had a friend who read it, and he, like, gave me the spark notes. So, And I remember after he, like, finished telling me, like, yeah, and this, because he loves the book, I was like, man, I really wish I would have read this. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> but it falls in, like, like Fahrenheit 51, or, yeah. like, um, Equilibrium with, um, what's his name? Uh, Bradbury? Batman. Oh, um, um, oh, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan, or? Um... Christian Bale? Christian Bale, oh. yes. I was like, American Psycho. Uh. <laughs> but um, that movie was dope. It's funny because uh, 
the Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone is based off of Brave New World. Really? It's like loosely a- adapted okay. from it. Like well, even now like I gotta read it. <laughs> we kind of we kind of missed out on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's cool. Like, I always look at the Strokes as it is so interesting about the Strokes because there's a spectrum of fandom with the Strokes in the sense that they are super popular. You've got Shia LaBeouf wearing a Stroke shirt in Transformers. And you've got oh, yeah. this like arena rock band, but you also they also have this side of them that's very like, you know, hipstery, bohemian, like New York, yeah. turn of the century. And it it's so weird that those two types of like existences for the band exist at the same time. Yeah, no, they um I had also watched a um interview with just two of them as Julian and I think the other one's Nick, um, with Nardwar. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, it was like a four part video and I was just like, um, they're just like so cool and how he's just kind of just like um you know listen to the music and then you know interviews fall after and um i mean i seemed like to me it seemed like he was kind of getting annoyed in that interview i was like oh my god like it's um no they um i definitely agree with the whole music first thing versus like how they were getting twisted up in the media at the time with the interviews and stuff but um no they're like they seem all very chill very cool dudes and um, yeah, I've always enjoyed them, especially, you know, I mean, they're good looking also. So <laughs> <laughs> growing up, you know, as a teenager, you know, those kind of like boy band yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I love Nardwar and I cringe a lot during that video because I was yes. just like, I don't like, I, I totally see where the, the artist is coming from, you know, and yeah. usually I'm very defensive with Nardwar. I'm like, no, like this guy's an asshole. But I'm like, yeah. he would ask questions. And there was a point to them, but it was also, they caught on to it, but it was also kind of like, they were rolling their eyes a little oh, bit. Yes, I was. Yeah, that was kind of. It was very cringy watching that. And then Julian <laughs> was giving him like one word answers. So I'm just like, I was sitting there sweating too. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and that was the first time I've seen that. I mean, I've seen Nardwar um, interviews before, but I was just, I was just kind of like, it got under my skin watching that. <laughs> but, um, but that was cool. Um, I did see the Strokes when they came to Austin in 2010. Um, I was pregnant at the time, and. Um, Funny story, I got like headbutted by a drunk guy Eesh. while being there. <laughs> well, it was um, it was like that free um show they were having. Auditorium Shores. Yes, I was there too. No way. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it, I mean, it was sardine packed, yeah, like, crazy packed, and we stood right there where like the ledge drops, and so coming so I could see, and um, yeah, this dude just I guess he was just trying to like get out of the crowd. But he was like he was like carrying his beer, and he was already like swaying back and forth. So I'm like, oh man, and like I couldn't make any room because the girl next to me was just like tight. I'm just like, there's nowhere to go. Like you can't yeah. go through here. And um, yeah, he just decides to just go for it, and his head was like boom, like instant. Mm. I was just like, oh my god. I was just like, um, and then of course like my, you know my guy friends that are with me. They just like hey, what the you know and they like jumped in on it. But I was just like, oh this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is so funny. I always forget I've seen the strokes because I was that's the time I saw them and I was so paranoid because I could hear like the gates coming down. That's when they broke down the gates yeah, to get it in. Got crazy. But I don't even know how I think it's a friend just told us because we didn't even have plans going to Austin that day. And our friend had told us about it when we just like got in the car and like left. And um, but that was really cool. Um, Twin Shadow opened up for him. That was the first time I heard Twin Shadow. Oh, yeah. And which, I mean, I f- fell in love with afterwards, but that was really cool. I remember, like, asking, I was like, who was that? I was because like, <laughs> we knew nothing about, like, who, you know, the openers or anything. We just, we were like, the strokes, we got to be there. It's free. Let's go. Um, 
but that was a really interesting time. It was really cool seeing them. Yeah, that's my favorite part about like the auditorium short shows at, at during South by because like they there's almost like there's no like logic to some of the lineups sometimes. Yeah, and it, it's very random, and I guess they do that to kind of filter in crowds here and there, you know, have a totally different type of music. But it's cool to stay there the whole time because then you get exposed to things that you probably yeah. would never would have otherwise. No, yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's funny because, like, being a, growing up being a Strokes fan and then seeing them while I was pregnant and now my kid who's like, just turned 10, he's a big Strokes fan. Like, it's it's kind of like full circle <laughs> situation, which um, is really cool. I mean, I doubt, well, not doubt, that they would ever go on tour again. But if they were to, I would definitely bring my kid along. So it's like complete full circle. That's yeah, really that's dope to like yeah. be able to share that. Yeah. Um, I always talk, in talking to friends who are, are parents and there's, I, I, I'm not a parent, but there is uh, a fear because when I do become, if and when I do become a parent, um, like I want them to like the same music, not because I want like a little version of me, but just yeah. want something to share with, you yes. know? How how did your, your son like come up cross music did you introduce it to him or did was it something that he kind of discovered or was it a little bit of both um a little bit of both I mean at first it was you know he's in the car with me I'm already listening you know wherever we're driving to and he completely vibed with it I mean he likes all sorts from like dead mouse to daft punk he's really into like the dancey EDM stuff and um as he gets older of course you know they start getting on YouTube themselves and then the related videos come in and sometimes I'll hear him listening to something I'm like are you listening to that I was just saying <laughs> how did you find that but it's just really just you know you click on one music video and it the related comes up and he vibes to it it's it's really it's really cool because like that part of me um he likes the same music but then the other part of me where it's like Slayer and Metallica and Kiss you know like he's into that stuff too and it's just it's nice having a mini me that you can just like both enjoy a song in the car and but um, he definitely has some of his own music, which he's really into, like the um, like Minecraft. Um, it's not EDM. It's uh, there's a genre for that. It's like video game music, eight like bit. Yes, eight yeah. bit music. So he's like getting into that sort of thing right now. But um, it's cool. It's cool having someone to share a part of you with, and that they totally click with it and. You know, he's listening to it on his own and um, he's making like Spotify playlists and it's pretty cool. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because, I mean, this album, I mean, this tribute album is 10 years old. The original album is 20 years old. Yeah. And um, it's so weird to look at it now in the sense that like how different it was than anything else on the radio at that point in time. There was a nostalgia aspect to it. And I mean, there's the whole thing about last night is essentially American Girl by Tom Petty. But and they've even admitted it. They, you know, he's uh, Julian's admitted that like, yeah, we, we kind of ripped off American Girl. <laughs> but it's different enough to where it, it's still contemporary. And I think they were the first big band to do that. And now, you know, that it created this whole like line of like iTunes commercials where you have a little bit of like 60s, 70s or 80s sounding bands that are still making contemporary music. Yeah. Let's see, 20 years ago, I would be 12. <laughs> Jeez, what a time. What was around then? It was like a lot of, I'm thinking of like MTV, Fuse, TV channels, um, new metal, like Slipknot and yeah, 
The Strokes definitely stood out. I can't think of other bands that were around that time that kind of like sound similar to them. Well, I guess in that indie vibe, like Interpol. Yeah. So um, that was yeah. We're on um, a wavelength today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. I think of that time and like um, in high school, I was like a mascot for all four years. And um, I do remember like when we'd all have like lunch and stuff, like during a cheer camp, I remember trading one of the other mascots there. Like we had like, you know, the big binder of CDs and I, I traded um, the hives for all American rejects because I was like, I had a crush on Tyson or whatever. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, I have the hives. And he's like, oh yeah, let's do it. And we traded CDs at the time. But I'm sorry, I drifted off on no, the original no. <laughs> question. I'm just kind of like opening up old memories and music and stuff. Yeah, it's it's wild because I mean, I, there's you, you like you said, you've got the new metal. You've got like Limp Bizkit is like the biggest band on MTV. Yes, yes. But then you also have like this pop punk movement that's coming back with like Blink One Eighty Two, and then Sum Forty One got big that year, and and oh, yeah. the Strokes are like a quote unquote like traditional garage band, yeah. and you haven't really seen that from anything outside of like indie or underground or whatever you want to call it since like the 70s and it was a it was really interesting kind of like uh just a, a full circle it brings it back and then new york blows up with the indie scene i mean like you said interpol's there yeah. you also got the white stripes moved to new york yeah yeah, yeah, yeah moved to new york yeah or, or from new york so there's all these different like bands coming in there's this little little big scene i guess for like a better word and um, there's this really great book. It's an oral history of the New York scene in the early aughts um, called uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom. Mm -hmm. uh, it's by this woman, this journalist, Lizzie Goodman, and she accumulated all these uh, interviews and makes made this really great book. I'm halfway through it. It's like 700 pages. Oh. Um, but it's so good. And it's really? the different perspectives. And it's funny because she'll talk to like, she talks to Interpol. She talks to like The Stroke. She talks to Yeah, Yes, TV under radio. Oh, you know, another good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and just to hear the different perspectives of like they didn't know what what this was going to become, you know. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I need to check that out. That sounds really cool. But yeah, I totally. I mean, this caffeine's kicking in, so I'm like, oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I completely forgot about that. Karen O. I think she had a kid recently. Oh, really? Right? I Possibly. Don't know. I have. To, I, I thought <laughs> I saw she was pregnant at one point, but um, I'm not even sure what she's working on lately. I just when I think of her as of recent things. Um, where the wild things are, the soundtrack for that. That was really dope. She did uh, the, uh, we talked about it too. The uh, She did a cover of Immigrant Song for um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo with really? uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, and then they got back together in 2017 or 2018. Um, and they were supposed to play Sound on Sound Fest, but it got canceled. What? And I was so bummed about that. Wow. I had a chance to see them like right after Mosquito came out. And I wasn't really into them. Like, I was familiar with them. And then that summer, the summer after that, I just, like, Fever to Tell is one of my favorite albums of all time. And it's everything about it, the vibe, her singing, and, like, the minimalism aspect of it. It's yeah. just, like, I love that album. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, one of her songs, uh, Date with the Night. Yeah. That, that was, like, ultimate party, drinking 40s times of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's total party music. It's totally like it's that vibe. I love when I when I was in high school, I listened to a lot of like like pop punk and, and emo, third wave emo and stuff. Yeah. And in college, and I, it partly could be because I went to school in Austin and just there's like a pretentiousness about it. And like I got really into like Brooklyn lo-fi. Like that's how I got into Dumb Girls and Vivian okay, Girls. Yeah. I saw them at South by Southwest, nice. you know. 
So uh, it's it's funny that like there there's kind of an interesting transition for that for a lot of people in in listening to that type of music yeah. to this type of music. Heck yeah, um, man, I haven't been in a South by in a long, 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 long time. I think since um, Andrew WK played that mess with Texas, <laughs> I was there too. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Guar was there. Guar was there. Um, Neon Indian played like a little side show. Oh yeah. And then um, I was, I think I was pregnant during that time too, because I remember being tired and I sat down at the tent where um, the Sailor Jerry um, vendor girls were. And then they gave me like a bunch of posters. I was like, I'm tired. My feet, I'm getting like cankles. And they're like, oh, here, you want some posters? I was like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it was dope. Um, But that was a good time. Really good time. Um, I haven't been since. South by is one of those things. I mean, like you see it every year. I mean, people like have negative things to say about it, but um, it's one another thing. I when my kid gets old enough, I definitely want to take him to because right now he's really big on like the strokes and then um, the drums. Oh, cool! He's like religiously the drums like daily for the past like month, <laughs> <laughs> but which is cool because I love the drums. So I'm hoping. Um, I did see they were on tour in Europe right now, um, but I saw in December they're coming back to California. So I'm hoping January and next year early next year they'll do a little u.s thing because i'm assuming hopefully paper tiger might bring them in <laughs> so yeah they, they brought the descent they're bringing the descendants next yeah month. i saw that that's i was like cool. everyone was like yeah that, that one that's gonna be crazy. that's gonna sell out <laughs> but um no it's funny because uh one of my biggest regrets about that mess with texas is i want to see guar really bad yes. but i also loved zoe i still love zoe de chanel and she and him was playing at Auditorium Shores. Oh. So I left after, I think, Andrew WK, rode my bike to Auditorium Shores, and I missed Guar because of that. Eee. And all my friends gave me so much no. shit. <laughs> so they were like, you saw this, like, pop folky band. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it was worth it. And I ended up seeing Guar in Chicago at Riot Fest a couple of years ago. Really? I went with uh, my, uh, my, my girlfriend, um, and we were here only been dating for, like, about a year or so, so I wasn't sure she was going to be into Guar. And I was like, okay, like we had to catch a taxi after that because we had to go to the airport like immediately after. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't want to get bloody or like yeah. full of green goo yeah. or whatever. So we were kind of in the back and I'm like, just I wanted to experience this. And she was like, let's get closer. I'm like, oh no, we can't. Like yeah. we're going to show up in this Uber like drenched in <laughs> drenched, blood yeah. with like Carrie or yes. something. Dude, but yeah. she was about it. So I think that was, uh, that was one of the reasons I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we need to do this again. <laughs> heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, but yeah, the strokes, Frankie Rose. Yeah. So, um, this is part of, uh, an album that was released by stereo gum for the 10th anniversary. Um, mm-hmm. and stereo gum does this a lot. I, I like that they kind of embrace covers, especially for like anniversary yeah. albums. They have like a Radiohead one. Um, and I can't remember, there's not, there's a couple other ones that they have that are pretty good. Um, this, uh, I got really into stereo gum kind of in the mid two thousands and, and I love the, I, I love the perspective. A lot of the writers are really good. A lot of the perspectives are really good. They also bring forth a lot of, I've learned about a lot of music from them. Um, yeah. did you hear this when it came out or is it something that you discovered, uh, later? Um, I think I saw just the YouTube, um, playlist that they have going on. I didn't, I don't have like. I don't even think the actual album is on Spotify. No, I had to get on YouTube. Yeah, there's like, they have like a whole playlist on YouTube. And um, how did we even find out? I just remember hearing it. Uh, my boyfriend sent it to me. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so good. And I didn't even like, 
at that time I was just you know had that on repeat before even listening to <laughs> the other songs that are on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the the YouTube. I want to say I thought maybe I saw it like Pitchfork mentioned it like a tweet or something when it came out, but um, I can't remember specifically how I came across that. But it's just so good. I love that song. Yeah, her take on it's really. I mean, it's it feels. There's a lot. I I like covers for different reasons. There's different covers that some that are completely far from the original, and then there's some that are like true to the original. And like in this case, it's true to the original, but also it's simplified even more than it already is. So it makes it, it's it's more of a. I I feel like it's more of like a uh, kind of relax and drink coffee type yes. of vibe as opposed to the original one is more kind of like let's get out, let's go out and drink type of yes. vibes. Yeah, her version definitely is just like real chill. Like you hear it in just like a montage of like romantic scenes that you've never lived before happening. Right? <laughs> You're just like, Oh yes, I remember this, but no, it's, it's beautiful. I love that song. Yeah. She talks about, there's a little thing at the end. There's a guitar riff that she adds in. That's supposed yes. to be an, an homage to somebody. And I have no idea who I it is. I have no idea either. I, I'm, I'm not even sure if like a quick Google would bring that up, but yeah, I saw, um, her quoted on that, and I'm just like, what? And I have to hear the whole song <laughs> all over. I was like, I can't even, I can't pinpoint it at all, which is funny because um, reading that last part reminded me of, um, what's his name? David Grohl, Foo Fighters. Did you see that clip of him talking to Pharrell recently? I, I heard of that. He's imitating the disco bands. Yes, and, yeah. and it sounded exactly like that. And, like, I couldn't believe, like, that just, like, psh, blew my mind away. I was like, I never would have thought um, it was, like, just, like, that same drum pattern but um no yeah that last bit of her um quote reminded me of that but still i have no idea who she's <laughs> talking about the, the closest i could think of is the cars like it reminds me a little bit of like uh the it's not the guitar line but like the the the, the synthesizer line in uh, just what i needed the way mm. she did it but also that's i think that's how the original riff is goes and its strokes sound a little bit like the cars too so yeah i think didn't she also say this was like the first time she was listening to the strokes? I, I think, think so. That's a direct quote from her. I have screenshot it. Uh, yeah, she says, to be honest, this was the first time um, had she had ever actually sat down and listened to the strokes. Well, this sounds kind of crazy to me because I mean, they were <laughs> everywhere. You saw that um, that last night music video was just like on repeat on MTV like all the time. Was that your introduction to the strokes? Yes. I think so. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, back then it was just like you know you're at your parents and MTV's always on or Fuse or what was it before Fuse? Much music, Much music. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was definitely. I mean, those were just the outlets to discovering music for me. Um, because we had, I grew up in a little town called Geronimo. Um, so it was like I had like dial up internet like for the longest <laughs> time. So uh, internet access was kind of laggy for me. Um, so, I mean, it was just whatever was on TV, but even back then it was, um, you know, TRL. Yeah. TRL was popping. Um, that's how I found like Blink-182. And of course, like the Teen Bop magazines at, in the HB magazine section. <laughs> and, uh, so those are my ways of getting access to, um, you know, new music and stuff. I was, I remember being confused by the music video because it's shot not just like on a 70s stage, but also yeah. like very like foggy yeah. 
And I was like, is this a new band? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. Um, yeah, they definitely gives that um, just that old 70s look. And I'm just kind of like, oh, but they're the way they're dressed. And I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it sounded good. And it's just kind of like just escalated from that. And um, that was a that's a good that's iconic music video. For sure. For them, yeah. I think, uh, and all, all all the music videos for singles were really good off of that album, and um, it's it. I I like the step they took with the second album too, and I go back and forth on which one I like more. I love the room is on fire, and Reptilia might be my favorite Stroke Reptilia, song, yeah, because uh, I I just love the guitar part on it. Like the the lead is so good, and as as somebody who is is mediocre at guitar, <laughs> it was a fun. <laughs> riff to play that sounds way cooler and sounds harder than it actually is really so i, I really identified nice, with this nice. i did see um i was watching their uh they had like a zoom call with like the, the, the more recent album that came out um i was going through just like the comments seeing what people were saying and stuff and i did come across one there's just one of their new songs um uh, what is it called it's something about the mets a dedication to the Mets or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know you're talking um, about. Someone in the comments said, um, "There's a part where there's no drums yet, and then you hear Julian say, um, drums, please, Fab.'" And someone in the comments said that they kept that recording. I'm not sure how true this is, but they kept that recording because Fab was out doing something while they were, you know, just kind of in a jam session, and um, and he came in the room. That's when Julian said it, and he just like 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 hopped on. I was like. I, I want to believe it's true because that's like so cool that they would like kept that element from just like a jam session into like the actual track. Yeah, I watched actually, I think it's, it's funny you said it because I watched a video talking about their latest album, A New Abnormal, and that um, this was a reunion of sorts in the sense that they had all, because Julian wrote the first three albums, like all the songs, all the music, and he would they would play it in the recording, but he basically arranged and, and wrote the lyrics, the, the music and everything, and then with angles um that was their first where they kind of collaborated and it kind of it was a different vibe so there was a lot of animosity and they had two albums in between that 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 were kind of like one of them was just a way people believe at least it was just something that they did to end their contract because they were contractually obligated to do it the one with the rca logo on it i can't remember what it's called but i I know which one you're talking about they didn't do any promotion for it and they didn't do any touring for it which is why i always forget about that album like i can't even name a song from it i can't either honestly i just i do remember that seeing the rca icon on there um that's wild so with the new abnormal this this was like the first time they've kind of come back and we're like i mean they were always friends but this is like where they were really friends again and I think that they kept a lot of it because there's a lot of little like where they're talking in the background. You can hear them and it's I think it is legit. I think it's natural. And it's just it's kind of a way to say like like to show like this is to them at least that like, oh, we're back together. And like, this is where we should be now. Okay, Dang, I didn't know about that. Um, Speaking of album covers, that interview with Nardwar, he had talked, which I didn't like. This is the first time I hear it. But he had said that there was going to be a different album cover for the um released in canada or released like america was getting a different album cover and another country was getting a different album cover and he had said something about um they ran out of time to like um i guess finalize things and they just ran with something else i've heard conflicting things because i because the original one in like the europe uh like the import if you're to import it from europe 
it's like a woman like naked and yeah. you can see the side of her hip and she's got a glove over it. And I always was under the impression at first that like, oh, like U.S. couldn't do that. Like because it's you know yeah. so risque. And I think there were some like I think like Walmart refused to sell it if they did it. But I also read that Julian Casablanca's like he was fine with that cover, but he preferred the cover that it ultimately got, which is like an atom particle and uh, the Big Bang yes. Theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, dang, so there's like a we didn't get another cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're missing out. Um, but that's like the, that was the first time I heard that. Um, I was trying to find um, in that Stereo Gum article. They think the um, artist that did the Stroked album cover. Um, I forgot his name, but I had looked him up real quick to see if I could find an Instagram page, which I did find an Instagram page of an artist with that name. But I scrolled through. I went all the way down to his first post, and there was like nothing about doing that album cover. I mean, the guy is an artist. I'm not even sure if it's the same one, but um, if it is, he's like doing album art for some. Uh, brewing company right now but um i was trying to i was like oh i was really hoping to see like that hey guys i did this album artwork you know <laughs> it was also like 10 years ago so yeah I'm that's sure. true it's just true yeah um yeah i i think um you know uh, there's a lot of interesting things about like the production of this album i was reading a, a, or listening to a podcast where they were talking about how the producer gordon Raphael, well the well julian was saying that he loved working with him because he could like take things into abstract and what he meant by that was like, I'll like I'll tell Gordon, hey, that hi hat sounds really stiff. Can you make it sound more like the rich guy at a party who doesn't talk to any girls, waits for girls to talk to him, <laughs> and then takes him out on a boat? And Gordon Raphael's like, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, <laughs> which was great because I love do like I love describing things that way. Like I always yeah. talk about how certain jazz songs make sound like smoking a cigarette, you yeah. know? And uh, it was just like, oh, like this is cool, and, and the, the fact that like. They were 20 when this album was made. Jeez, yeah. This just blows my mind. Like, when I was 20, it was nowhere near that level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Definitely was not in the same creative space they were <laughs> at the time. <laughs> That's so wild. You forget how, like, um, age coming into um, a factor of, like, these things. You know, like, um, what did I read recently? Um, Fleetwood Mac was really young when dreams came out i can't remember i know it was like 20s i was just like oh crap i was not in that mindset like, yeah. <laughs> for the, good for them good for them but um that's pretty crazy to think about um <laughs> just reflecting sorry yeah, it took a no, moment. <laughs> I, I think it's it is super interesting and, and like even in like the nardware interview they are essentially 2021 and and it, it's just it, they're it's it's funny because especially with Julian Casablanca because he has a lot of interviews that where he's being sarcastic and people are taking him seriously, but then there's also like another situation where he like thinks he's smarter than he actually yeah. is, which <laughs> he's like 22, 23 when he's being interviewed. So like all of us felt that way at, at oh, that yeah. eight point in life, you know. So it's it's funny to like see it kind of humbling from that sense. Like oh like yeah like. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but oh, yeah. he thinks he does. Yes, when we've we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> so even even ge like geniuses, like music geniuses, have these moments where they're like biting off more they can chew mentally. Or yes, <laughs> um, another thing I remembered was um, Albert had donated that guitar, that Fender, for um, the San Antonio Food Bank um, during the winter storm. I think it sold. I'm not sure what it sold for. There was an article that. The last bid was going, I think it was like 2500 was the oh, last yeah. bid. But I thought that was really cool for him to like, 
reach out a hand and auction one of his guitars. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, I love watching them in interviews because they all seem like pretty down-to-earth guys and, and, yeah. and they they seem to handle, you know, in terms of like fame itself, they aren't getting caught up in it. They also, like, they had issues with like drugs and stuff like that, but yeah. I mean, it, it's it's amazing that they're able to still prosper the way they, they have been and, and, and were, you know. Um, in that book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, they talk to Ryan Adams about how he introduced heroin to Albert Hammond Jr. And oh, shit. Yeah, that was like that was like pre-Phoebe Bridgers controversy. Wow. And this was like right when people were realizing that Ryan Adams is a scumbag. Wow. <laughs> so Good on top that. of all the Me Too stuff, he's got this whole aspect. And then like, in, yeah, the, the Strokes were talking about how like they like despised him because of that. And I mean, almost got him killed, you know? Yeah, no, wow. I didn't, I didn't know about that. What a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> now I hate him even more. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think um, the, the Strokes legacy is, is really interesting because of just, uh, l- like I said earlier, like they've got these two subsets of, of, of fandom and, and, and now uh, they're still packing arenas and things like that. But there is still like there is a coolness vibe that has maintained with them the whole time. And you see bands who get really huge and then they lose that for quite a while or like there are people who are still like really like diehard fans who know who that green day is an example that i like to bring up a lot because they are you know they're huge american idiot was huge that was like your biggest thing album of all time mm-hmm. you've got like hot topic selling all their stuff oh, yeah. and, and it's become part of that that third wave emo scene but they still even though they're banned from gilman street they're still recognized by like fat mike is still big good friends with billy joe all the like san francisco punk bands love green day yeah and there are people even like on the like the, the the levels of like punk rock fandom who you would think would think that they're posers or whatever who yeah. still love green day yeah 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 um green day speaking of green day that was one of the bands that i heard my kid listening to without <laughs> me like showing him one of those recommended um youtube videos he came across i had just like heard in the background i was like is he listening to green day <laughs> which i was like you know when he's in the zone you know he likes putting music on and playing his games and stuff so i really don't bother him i let him vibe and um but yeah that you bringing that up reminded me of that um yeah hot topic it's crazy now because like now i can bring my kid i mean i'm looking also i mean i was one of those like mom can we go to hot topic you know like uh <laughs> um but now I like take my kids, so I'm in there like, oh, I'm here for my kid, even though I'm like <laughs> looking around also, you know. Um, but they've got some crazy stuff. They have like a lot of meme shirts now. I don't know yeah. if you've been in there lately. <laughs> um, they had um, the Marge Simpson one where she's like dancing. <laughs> my kid got that shirt, or like uh, the um, Hey Arnold fist. I'm just like, what the heck is uh, like the Arthur fist? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Arthur, not Arnold. <laughs> my bad. Um, but it's crazy how like the internet is now crossing over into like fashion <laughs> yeah well, it's it's wild and, and just it's so crazy in general that the fact that like how weird everything has gotten like yes i always look back at like i felt like skittles was the first like brand to make weird commercials and i felt like they're either inspired or they hired people who made youtube so do you remember power thirst from youtube i do it was like this fake energy drink ad and it was like power thirst like it was just <laughs> so exaggerated it was like very it was like 2005 2006 pre like meme culture what it is now but there was stuff like it was just so ridiculous and 
you had Skittles making weird commercials. You had Old, um, Old Spice doing weird yes. shit with Terry Crews, yes. you know, and like it's just stuff that like was appealing to like a younger demographic, but it was also kind of universal at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, Skittles, I remember that every time I like get a bob haircut and bangs, I'm like, berries and cream, berries and cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Skittles was, uh, I feel like, yeah, advertising then was just like the pioneer that led into like meme culture. Um, and re- last weekend I had watched um, the extended versions of Lord of the Rings and I was just thinking like, man, they've been making Lord of the Rings memes for years. <laughs> I was just like, this has been going on for a long time. Um, especially when Vodemir, he does the little like, you know, that one um, scene where he's like, he's got his hands up when they're yeah. in a circle. I'm just like, oh my God, this meme. Like, now I can't watch it without thinking of the memes. <laughs> like, um, meme culture is crazy. I just love being able to use something that is completely unrelated to create a thought in someone's head. <laughs> My brother did that a lot back in the day where we would be watching, like, uh, Taylor Lautner, who played uh, Jacob in Twilight. Yeah. We'd be watching another one of his movies, and he's running from people. My brother would lean over and like, don't you know I'm a werewolf, motherfucker? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And it's so, it's so funny because, like, I feel like, our culture or like just our generation in general and probably generations before us always did that. But now yeah. it's become like mainstream. It's become yeah. something that everybody does. Yeah. Just like everything is a joke now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I totally get it. I really, I'm really into um, crafting tweets. Like if I see something, uh, I'm like, you know what? I, I open my little Pixar app. I'm like, I'm just going to make this a meme. And then I post it in, in hopes to go viral. But I've had some hit and misses. I did have that one um, that hit, which I didn't even think it was. It was just like a dumb idea. It was um, after I finished watching um, WandaVision, and it was um, a vision, and I just put the Univision logo where his stone is, and I was like, this is so dumb. It's not even going to like get anything, and it just like, poof, like just, it was like one of my viral tweets. I was like, what the heck? But it's just, it's crazy how um, things will be a hit or miss, and then like some things that I think are hilarious, people are like, is this real? I'm like, oh, God. I know I'm not gonna explain the joke. Like I was like ignore them and ignore them, but um, yeah, meme, internet, Twitter. I love Twitter. I'm on there all the time. <laughs> uh, same. Like it, it, it's funny because I, I I remember the moment. I remember seeing your your the WandaVision tweet, the Univision tweet. Yeah. And I I, I remember seeing it like a week later, where like someone like popular was like quote tweeting it, and I was like, yeah. oh shit, like, yeah, this blew it, got, up. it got some hits. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Um, it definitely died down. At first, I was just like, "Oh my god, you guys are draining my battery." <laughs> I turned notifications off for a little bit, but um, but yeah, I finally calmed down. I was like, "Okay, I made I made my mark." <laughs> On to the next one. <laughs> but um, oh yeah, Twitter Twitter's awesome. I um, I've steered away from Instagram, which I apologize to anyone listening that I haven't opened your DMs. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's just like I don't even know what to post on there anymore. Besides, just like you know stuff you know work that i do but as far as like scrolling and entertainment i mean it's automatically twitter or tiktok right now so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know you you brought up album art earlier and this is this is we don't always have artists on i've always want i love talking about album art do you have any favorite <gasps> album art uh, album covers uh, um let me think let me think um well one that kind of stands out is one i did for Faya. um I can't remember. I think it was Fani. It was, it was a childhood picture of either her or Letty. I can't remember which one it was. But they sent me a child, a picture of them 
one of them is a little girl like sitting on the toilet and they were like we want this but just like the toilet just turning into just like total ooze and gross things and stuff and so I did that one up for them and that one stands out because um um whatchamacallit Iggy Pop had mentioned that he like has that album and I remember um them post about it and I like my first thought was like Iggy Pop has seen my art. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I got to tell my uncle. <laughs> but uh, so that one really stands out to me. Um, but all the albums I've done, like, they're all different. They're all fun. Um, shoot, that one that one definitely stands out just because of that moment. Like, I think in an interview with, like, Rolling Stone, he had mentioned Faya and, like, how he plays that album. I'm just like, oh, my God, he has seen my artwork. <laughs> Mom. Because <laughs> I've seen, like, I think. Didn't like Kat Von D like retweet one of your or yeah, re Instagram? Um, There's a chingona. It was like it was the one of the girls girl cats from Tom and Jerry, which I'm wearing a Tom and Jerry shirt right now. <laughs> I had to like double check when. Um, <laughs> it was just that, and I just like paired it with it. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of my illustrations that like I hate saying this that like have gone viral are ones I really don't put a lot of thought into. Um, like that one, I was just like, you know, the cat, blah. And then people liked it. I was like, okay, well then I put it on her shirt. You know, like I started a threadless store, but that image got shared by, um, Kat Von D beauty. Um, and at the time they didn't tag me and I was like, oh no, I was like, I could probably get jobs from this. So I'm like, oh, please tag me. You know, people were like <laughs> chiming in like, Hey, tag Hello Red, tag Hello Red. I mean, I didn't get any jobs from that thing, but still it's like, I think big platforms like that should tag artists. Yeah, regardless. for sure. Yeah. Um, whatchamacallit another one was um, which I think Latina Magazine shared was it, was it was Selena holding like weed plants so dumb it was just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry and even when I tweeted I fr- I'd first posted I just my caption was I'm so sorry <laughs> and it that one like took off you know like weed culture and like chola culture like they just like went off with it i'm like all right i mean it's not one of my best drawings but whatever (laughs) um i'm i'm trying to think what else that just kind of like took off that just that weed one i had to get like tagged in it from like instagram weed accounts i'm just like okay yeah cool 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 cool. which is it is what it is i mean i'm all for legalization of that but it's just funny how like something that i really don't put a lot of thought into just like takes off I'm like oh great <laughs> if only I had to like I mean like this isn't me really this is kind of like I'm you know getting random thoughts while I'm on the toilet situation <laughs> you know this isn't like my real art there's a I really like what you did for the uh was it bring music home um yeah the bring music yeah. home book that uh for San Antonio you've got the North Star boots and roller skates and then tied it up legs and yeah I thought I I'm, I have nothing against, like, there is an aspect of, like, San Antonio art that's very, like, I don't want to say one note, but it's very, like, specific, and it, it gets a little bit oversaturated with hot mm. Cheetos or, like, tacos. And there's nothing wrong with that, and there's a lot of stuff that's really great, and it looks really good. But it's always cool to see, like, something, like, a lot of your art in general is just very, like, it's very San Antonio without being exploitatively San Antonio. Yes, no, I, 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 I agree with that. Um yeah, definitely. You, you go, you take a walk down first Fridays. It's like you see like a million Frida. Nothing wrong with Frida, absolutely nothing wrong. But definitely, there's oversaturation of that. 
here and like you know day of the dead schools and stuff which i get it it's our culture i totally get it but it's definitely oversaturated um but yeah those boots another idea <laughs> that just <laughs> kind of popped off in my head um garrett tcaps had reached out to me um asking if i want to do a poster or use for a charity to raise money for like the music venues and stuff and i'm like oh yeah of course you know that was you know it was during the pandemic and i was just like totally down to help and he was just like, yeah, just, you know, um, he just gave me a quick rundown how every artist chosen in the city would, you know, have to, the poster would have to represent San Antonio. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, my first thought was like, uh, so you could easily just put like the Alamo, Hemisphere Park, you know, the Tower of Americas, you know, make it just a typical like touristy looking. Yeah. But I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, that's kind of like my thing to just kind of steer away from being in that like um that type of art and so um i thought about the boots because i love me i love the boots every time i drive by i'm like the boots you know these are my favorite boots i'm gonna <laughs> put them on one day i'm gonna live there um so i wanted to highlight that because um i i never really see anything highlighting those boots like in art like san antonio art um it's always like you know, the alamo the spurs selena i get it yeah. you know <laughs> um but yeah, I wanted to do that and then um, just do roller skates because I mean, I like disco and um, it was just one of those ideas. I'm like, I'm just going to make them roller skates and um, which I've seen a meme picture of cowboy roller skates. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave her tattoos, of course, because I mean, like, I feel like um, pretty much everyone has tattoos. And um, but I do have a friend who has the tattoo of uh, the Alamo Candy little chick or duck or whatever it uh-huh. is and so i incorporate you can kind of see that um hidden in her tattoos and of course i mean the colors are just you know bold bright a lot of red um i also wanted to make sure she had a skin tone because you know representation <laughs> um but no that one was really fun um i really enjoyed that and i think only a certain amount of posters were screen printed and um I got two. I'm holding on to both of them. But um, I, got, I got the book finally, too. And it's, like, huge. It was, like, I was expecting just, you know, like, you know, a little coffee table. Yeah. Book. But this is, like, boom, encyclopedia, like, Webster's Dictionary. Um, but it's dope. They have, like, um, who's all in there? Paper Tiger. Um, Michael's Bar. Um, it's not the 1011 anymore. Uh, Ventura. I was about to say the Warhol. I'm going the way Warhol, too far back. The Warhol. That's way back. <laughs> Good times, good times. Um, they were featured in there. Um, the Majestic, no, the Aztec. Uh, who else? There was like a handful of bars that were mentioned in there. But every, um, in that book, every city is, the opening chapter is the poster that was made. So it was like really cool, like opening San Antonio, and it's like my poster, and then you get to read about the venues that were featured in there. And then it was a really cool experience. I'm I'm glad. So now I can be like I'm a published artist. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have? Do, what are? Who are? Do you have like a specific influences that kind of? I see like there's some of the, like some of your like weirder stuff. I see a little bit of like Ralph Steadman, uh, you know, and yeah. that that always sticks out. Like anything that you do that like looks gross, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that looks like some Ralph Steadman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely that, and just like um. I think someone wrote, uh, when someone wrote about me, they said, like, Jack Kirby, like, just, like, that comic booky style, which, like, I don't think I'm, like, full, like, Marvel-looking 
draw illustrations, but I kind of see just like the bold outlines. Yeah. Um, but no, like um, I don't know, like uh, definitely. Uh, what's some artists that I like? Shoot, I mean, I like 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 all the Madball artwork and stuff. Um, you know, like gross stuff like that. I like monsters. I like Halloween. Um, that's like my that's my favorite thing to draw. Monsters, gross stuff. I mean, I'll draw like pretty things too, but if I could make money off drawing um, what I want to draw, <laughs> I mean, I do draw like, you know, just funny ideas that come to my head, but um, I enjoy like the gross stuff, like the Faya album artwork. Um, what's another one? Uh, there was a, they had, um, what did I do? Pinata Protest, it was like a luchador guy. This was kind of like that. And it was like pretty with like a rooster and flowers and stuff. I mean, I don't mind drawing that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I hop on any opportunity I can to draw gross things. <laughs> <laughs> but it always looks cool. I Thank mean, it's, you. It's, it's definitely, like, it, I, I, it's cool that you can do a little bit of everything. And yeah. there are some artists who, who do, like, gross stuff really great. And, and not to say that they can only do that, but that's kind of, like, that's what they're, they they want to do. Yeah. And that's all they do, which yeah. is, is cool. But it's cool to see that you still ha maintain your style even do you're doing different types of things. Thank you. Yeah, I just... Um, Music, speaking of music venues, I just rebranded um, Luna Bar on San Pedro. Oh, wow. They're like a, a jazz type yeah. of bar. It's really, I've never been in there. I've only seen pictures, but like I had went to go visit and meet the owner. And it's like so pretty in there. And he has like like little, there's little accents of like really vintage furniture and like decor and stuff. I'm like, this is gorgeous in here. You know, I, you, I drive past it all the time. I never even think to like stop by. But he was in need of a new logo, which I just posted um a few days ago um it's like a mermaid it's like a mermaid jazzy retro looking um deal going on but i really enjoy doing logos for businesses and i'm like whenever someone reaches out to me i'm like you know what's your budget you know it's like yeah. that meme what's your budget what's your rate you know <laughs> like looking back and forth but i'm really 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 flexible um i mean some people would say i'm too cheap I, I enjoy doing this, you know, like I'm not going to like overcharge somebody, you know, when they can't like afford, especially with this pandemic. Like I tell people all the time, you know, the pandemic has made it a weird situation, a weird situation to like price. You know, I, I know businesses have taken a hit. I know people have lost their jobs. You know, I'm willing to work, you know, with whatever, like I had an old boss who used to say $20 is $20, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I'm down to help anybody but i really do enjoy doing like band um album art and music venues and flyers and stuff because that's just kind of you know i like doing that so awesome yeah that's cool um do you have any like favorite album art of, of like other like famous bands or, or that do you like or maybe mm. not specifically like inspiration or anything but the stuff that you think looks cool Ooh. um not off the top of my head that i can think of um, stuff I listen to is really broad. I mean, I'll have like Bad Bunny one day and then like, I don't know, Radiohead another day. It's just kind of like everywhere. But favorite album art. I'm trying to think of stuff I would have like in my room as a teenager posters, but all I can think of is like Blink-182. <laughs> like, um, I definitely don't have a favorite album art. That's interesting. Never really thought about it. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> there's a so there's a band I, I really love uh have loved since i was 12 uh, melancholin and 
the guitarist does all of their art and they have an album called Penny Bridge Pioneers and uh it was it's he painted them like behind mm-hmm. this like city that's like on fire and there's like a scooter cuz they have a song about a scooter and like I think that was the first album art where I was like I want that's when I started like wanting to own the CD not just from a digital perspective, but just like I need to own it because I like want to hold it. And then yeah. now vinyl is getting big too, and I, I like having a bigger, you know. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think like cartoony album art. I just the one that comes to mind that I liked was a uh, can't remember the name of it, but it's the Blink One Eighty Two album where they're like drawn like cartoony, and it's like a big old city, like it's like a whole scene going on. Mark, Tom, and Travis showed a live album. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's the only thing I can like. It comes, I can like think of right now just because of like the cartoon bold lines in which, I mean, I love cartoons and um, I guess that would be album art that falls along those lines would probably be something of a favorite of mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I, I love seeing the like the caricature act aspect of things and also I just love reimagining of, of things. I love, yeah. I'm a nerd for like parodies, like for cover stories for our podcast here. We, we've been trying to do like different like parodies i did like a green day dookie album cover on uh <laughs> you know just what it says cover stories and stuff, yeah. you know stuff like that like you know i i like I, I just love things that remind me of certain things but also kind of like how are having fun with it yeah um yeah i like how um that album that tribute to the strokes it just it was like the same as their logo but it just says stroked i'm like oh that's cool it's i mean it's iconic imagery um but no, I'm all for parody stuff as well. I mean, you know, I'm always down to make a joke about this. <laughs> well, you got to draw a line of like, okay, you really can't joke about this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're in different times, you know, which, you know, I'm all for. You got to. But it's like um, teaching those things to like, you know, a child, like raising a kid, like, like hey, you, can't, you know, you can't laugh at something like this, you know. Um, but no, yeah. Jokes are fun. jokes are tight jokes are tight jokes are cool jokes are dope so uh bring it back uh do you have anything else you want to say about the strokes or about frankie rose Mm. um i think i can think of i after revisiting frankie rose i mean that first album that i heard of hers came out in 2012 so i'm like oh my god we're already 2021 it's been that long (laughs) and i saw on spotify she had a few things um a few things come out i think the last one was like 2019 but um no, after um, re- revisiting her, I, I need to listen to those other albums because I really enjoyed Interstellar. Um, Night Swim is a really cool song. Um, but The Strokes, um, I need to listen to, I haven't listened to that latest album in full. I just watched that music video where they're like wearing, they have like The Strokes jerseys, like their own like baseball jerseys, which looks super duper cool. They're like black and it's got like the band of orange and yellow and it just says the strokes on it like if they were like a baseball team. Oh cool. And the music video it's like, you know, like they're pretending to play baseball with like these like futuristic robots. And um yeah, I saw the jersey. I was like, "Oh my god, I need that jersey so bad. It looks so cool." I think it was going for like 175 or something like that. Oh wow. Like they're selling it as merch. Um but I think like the, if you want like the actual like jersey jersey jersey, I think it's like 175. I think that's Sounds about right. Um, but no, like, um, no, yeah, I love The Strokes. I love listening to it with my kid. I love, um, you know, like, 
being a teenager listening. I mean, again, they were like boy band. So, you know, I had a crush <laughs> on Fab, of course, who um, at one point I know he was like dating Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. Um, Christian, Even Wig, too, I think. He, he got, he's got a, uh, I feel like he's got a, quite a few um, relationships. If they were a boy band, he would be the cute one. He'd he be would be the, the cute one. <laughs> yes. Um, there's also a video of him um, meeting that other, um, the artist, Fabrizio, um, who's like some like super duper famous person but it, they had like two of them together and they collaborated on a art show i believe like at some gallery it's on youtube but i had like looked at i briefly looked at it i was just like what the heck? i had no idea about that um but it's like uh it was at a gallery there were paintings and stuff but um fabrizio had like um collaborated on building like uh walls and stuff to kind of change your perspective on viewing the paintings like some of the oh, paintings cool. you'd be able to only see through like cracks and stuff so like depends on what perspective you saw it from like there was like some whole like deep interpretation about that but that's something to check out um that's really all i gotta say I awesome. think. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool oh thanks no thanks for coming <laughs> on this is awesome um do you have anything to plug where we can uh, find your stuff your yeah, website um i have a threadless hellareg.threadless.com um, or you can just follow me on Instagram. Um, try not to DM me on Instagram because I don't really check out. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter all the time, Hello Reg underscore, or um, Facebook, Facebook page, Hello Reg also. But um, but yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs>